BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just the Sip. It is our second quarantine isolation sip where I guess it's BYOB. I mean, I can't really serve the rosé, but I can definitely serve the tea. And um, and I wanted it to be a good one because this very special guest was actually my first ever Just the Sip. She was on my pilot episode and... I remember halfway through the filming, I was like, wow, people are really willing to talk to me in this space. And she was actually the model for just a sip of how forthcoming and honest I wanted people to be. And during the time, she had revealed something to me that she had never revealed to anybody else and that she wanted to have a baby on her own. And she was starting the process and thinking about it. And when celebrities say that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, girl, you just want a baby. So you can say you had a bit like, oh, yeah, I'm having a baby. I might do it. I might do it. And it becomes a headline and then it never goes anywhere. But I'm happy to bring Gigi back from Shaw's of Sunset because she is now eight and a half months pregnant. She is glowing and she has went through with the dream of becoming a mother that she said she was going to do. And I'm so proud of her. And today we're going to take a sip with her and we're going to talk about her journey. We're going to talk about her fears, how she's going to have this baby in the time of Corona and who's going to be by her side during this time. Please welcome from Shaw's of Sunset, Gigi, everybody. So a lot has changed since we <laughs> talked last. First off, you were my first guest on Just the Sip. And I you were what? actually my first returning guest. Am I? Yes, I've <laughs> never had a returning guest before, but I felt like so much had changed since the last time we talked that we have to get back together. Yes, yes. But am I not a woman of my word? Okay. Let's talk about that because I think a lot of people love to say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a baby by myself. I don't need anybody. You went ahead and you went through this process and you are how many months pregnant right now? I'm eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> are you so happy that you did not second guess yourself and that you stayed steadfast and followed your heart in this? I am. I really, really am. I mean, I, it would have been amazing to have gotten your sperm, Justin. Baby number two. <laughs> Hello. 
But you know, I'm really happy I didn't listen to all the the, the chitter chatter outside noise of people, you know, ridiculing me for having these ideas and wanting to do something like this alone. I still get a little bit of that, you know, side noise. You know, why are you doing this? It's so selfish, yada yada. But it feels so right. Because in the Persian community, it's oh. like a no-no for someone to have a baby without a husband or a father being present. You don't, it, it, it's so taboo. It's so taboo in the Persian culture to do something like this. It's, and it's not like, you know, I have some sort of issue that I'm not looking for a man. I'm choosing to not, you know? So yeah. that's very questionable. But thank God I've had really amazing parents that have just been so supportive. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's, you know, it's crazy because we, you know, we hear about people going through this process, but we never get to talk to someone who went through this process. So I'm going to take this day in order to really educate myself and bring people the facts. This wasn't an easy road for you. You hit some bumps in the road. Can you tell us about some of those bumps? Yeah, I mean, honestly, from start to this point, it's just been really, really, it's been like this the whole time, just finding the sperm, you know, that's like, people don't realize like what a task that is to find a sperm because it's like when you're in a relationship, you're in love. You're not thinking about the genetics and this and that. But when you're looking through someone's file and you're building a baby, it's, there's a lot of pressure. How many files did you go through? Oh my God. So I hired a company and they basically sit down with you for hours talking and realizing what you're looking for, what you want, genetics, you know, aesthetics, personality, psychology, all that. And then they start scanning the nation, every wow. bank and everything. So only 1% makes it through to them that they send the file over to me and their files are like 47, 50 pages each. Wow. Yeah. So you know everything about your baby daddy everything does he know anything about you like has he been told who you are he's he's strictly anonymous so i can't break any of those you know rules and stuff and whatnot to try to like find him and reach him and do all that but you know it's strictly anonymous he did he did offer an adult photo of himself a lot of the donors usually offer like a childhood photo yeah. He offered an adult photo, and I was like, okay, wait. So the genetics are pristine, and he's good-looking. I'm like, why is he not my man? Could we not find his ass? <laughs> Could we not find his ass? Hello? <laughs> you know, going through this process, did you ever have doubts, or did you ever second-guess your decision? Because I feel like such a life-changing, you know, thing like this would make me second-guess and start to worry if I'm making the right choice. Yeah, 100%. The first uh, baby transfer that I did with the embryo, which, you know, people are seeing on Shaw's, which I, I eventually lost. But um, the it was like a couple nights before I was going in for the transfer. And I all of a sudden freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, what if this guy's like a serial killer or like a pedophile yeah. and he lied about everything in his files? And Oh my God. So I just like turned to an FBI agent. I went online. I just started searching a million things. I may or may not have found him. And 
Women turn into FBI agents when it comes to children or when it comes to dick. I've never, I've never done that before. And my girls do that when they're like in a relationship with a guy and they feel hurt or heartbroken. I've never done it. So it was, I was impressed, but, um, I was more impressed that everything that he says about himself and that the profiling person wrote about him in his file was spot on. So I was so relieved, but I did, I got cold feet. It was almost like, am I looking for an excuse to not do this or, I don't know. Yeah. So how long after the first implantation did you miscarry? So it wasn't a miscarriage. It turned into an ectopic pregnancy. So um, it was, I was um, seven weeks pregnant, eight mm. weeks pregnant, something like that. I, w- I went in for my, um, my first ultrasound, which they were going to put up on the screen and I get to see it um, on the screen and whatnot. When I went in for the ultrasound, they couldn't find the embryo sitting inside of me. They were, the first, they were just sort of like not saying anything to me. And I'm sort of like thinking, okay, this is what they do. And um, I just kept waiting and waiting and they kept looking and they're like, we're not seeing it. But my blood, my blood work was telling them I am pregnant. Yeah. It was a little bit of a confusion for them. And um, did you feel pregnant? I felt pregnant, um, but you know, then again, with IVF, you're injecting so many hormones. So they are basically tricking your body into thinking you're pregnant before they actually transfer it. So when they do transfer it, your body already has been that much pregnant. Yeah. The whole science stuff behind it. So I did feel it. I mean, I was really agitated. I remember Beyonce's, Coachella concert thing was on TV and I was sitting down watching it and my mom's like, is that Beyonce? I'm like, would you open your f-ing eyes and look? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, God damn it, that's Beyonce. Who else would it be? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I had the hormones raging, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you know, you're coming up on being a mother, which is I think one of the greatest gifts you could ever ask for in your life. What are you ready? Are you afraid? What's going through your mind? What do you hope this little boy is like? Is like? Oh man, Justin. Honestly, we are living in such a weird time right now with this whole coronavirus situation that it's changed everything for everyone. But being, you know, eight and a half months pregnant and scared to leave my house and. I can't go to doctors regularly anymore, you know, and I have an autoimmune disease and I, I'm going through the issues with that and knowing that I have to end up getting isolated in a room. It's just, I've, it's been a little tough the last yeah. few weeks. It's been tough. It's been scary. Um, you know, I'm knowing that, you know, I can only have one person near me in the hospital and that all my family can't come see me and, if this isn't. This wasn't a part of what I thought it was going to be like, you know. 100%. But I'm excited, but it's just hard right now to see past what's happening. Who did you choose to be with you on that day? I don't know. Yeah, my mom is like, oh no, I have to be there. But my sister, she's like, no, I should be there. So I don't know. I don't know yet. I would be so scared at this point to have a baby and bring 
a child into this world, but obviously you are a strong woman. You have figured out other things. Among the coronavirus, how has your rheumatoid arthritis affected being pregnant? So um, typically when you're pregnant, your body is supposed to go into a natural remission. What happened was because I was pregnant, it turned into an ectopic pregnancy, which then ruptured. And um, actually on um, the episode of Shaw's, you guys will see, I end up in the emergency room and they have to surgically remove both my fallopian tubes. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a rough, rough road. So because of that process, my doctors believe that my body went into some sort of a shock and yeah. my rheumatoid arthritis came back times 10 and attacked me. So through this pregnancy, I've been receiving, you know, the IV infusions that I was getting, but at a different dosage, a different type of method. And right now I have three doctors and they're all planning the day to induce me and then Right there in the hospital, they're going to stick the IV in and get me started back on the hard stuff. To get ready for it. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because we have this conversation all the time. I actually had it the other day with um, Carissa on Daily Pop. And we were talking about families who are non-conventional telling and explaining to their kids how they came about. And Joe Zarin just had this situation where her daughter, Allie, at a later age in life found out that she was a product of a sperm donor. Obviously you can't hide from your kid. You're famous. Your story is out there. Thank God. But how are you going to explain that to him? Like what's your thought process? Have you gotten to that part yet? Are you just trying to get him home and safe? That's the first thing I was thinking about. I was like, okay, well, obviously children all go through that phase where they hate their parents, you know, and everything is the parents fault. So, I know that I'm going to get to that point where my son's going to say, why didn't you give me a dad? Why were you so selfish? And you were just thinking about yourself and, you know, and you, you know, didn't give me a dad or when they're five or six years old and then they're in school and it's father's day and they're all painting little cards for dad. And, you know, it's, it scares the out of me. And, and when I saw um, Andy Cohen in New York, I said to him, I said, what are you going to say when, you know, Ben says, why yeah. don't I have a mommy? Why did you, you know, and he's like, I honestly don't know, but you'll figure it out and just know that your love should be enough. Yeah. That get it one day. No, for sure. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. My biggest thing that I freaked out, I, cause you know, I never really told anybody this, but I thought I was going to end up having a girl because usually people go in multiple times just to get male embryos, you know? Yeah. And I, I have all these embryos and yada yada, and the doctor's reading it off to me, and every single one of them was male. And I like, started crying, and then I looked to my dad, and I said, what do I do when he starts masturbating? <laughs> 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 I don't oh, know. You call Uncle Justin. It's those times that I think he doesn't have a father figure. Who does he go to? Who does you he call, ask? You call Uncle Justin. I'll come over and be yes. like, here, you little pricker. Socks are expensive. I'm doing it. Doing it in your socks. They're expensive. Your mom's getting tired of throwing away socks. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I mean, listen, yes, there may be a chance that you raise this child successfully on your own, but have you given up on finding love? Have you given up on finding somebody to quote unquote complete the family? I'm not looking for that. I never was looking for that. I think that um, as an adult now, 38 years old, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that I'm just not the relationship type. And, and I would like to have partners through life, but I just don't see myself committing to one forever. I just don't yeah. see that for me right now. You know, maybe in 10 years that'll change. So right now I am eventually looking for the next you know, one that's going to be that for that season or that day or that week or the whatever. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Look, the first blunt you roll, I know it's going to be a fatty. <laughs> and the first dude you sleep with better be ready. Because you have been off the road for nine months. You have not been in these streets for a minute. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We have seen your sister and you have this rocky relationship, but you just mentioned that she is a contender to be there with you when you have this baby. Do you feel like motherhood has made you understand her a little bit more or has it brought you guys closer together? <sighs> um, Are you just softening up? Is that heart just softening up? It. I mean, listen, when I ended up in the emergency room, uh, to get the surgery to have my fallopian tubes removed right as they were gurneying me into the uh, operating room I see my niece and my sister walking by and I for a split second I thought that these doctors are not telling me something I'm dying because my sister and I hadn't spoken in like three years so I for her to show up and why is she here right now I must be dying and this she's coming to say her goodbyes or something like that um but since then, yes, she's literally comes over to my house every day. It's like helping prepare the baby's room, baby proofing the house. She's telling me everything I'm supposed to order for the baby, what the baby needs. She's going out and doing grocery shopping for me. I mean, she's been so, so involved. So I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. But it's just, it's, it's different. And I want to yeah. say maybe it's because I'm becoming a mom and she's becoming an aunt as well. You know, so but it almost took you. I mean, sometimes I know this works in families where someone gets into a serious medical situation and it makes you realize how much you've taken for granted what that person means to you and it brings you closer together. Yeah, yeah. That happens. Um, I have to ask because, girl, Shervin stepping on your toes? What? What's going on with this weed business? Is that obvious? <laughs> I was like, I'm so, wait, hold on. We have to talk about this because let's friend group 101. If I'm going to be a real estate agent, 
you can't just jump in the real estate game while you just came on the show. If I'm gonna do weave, guess what you can't do? You can't do weave. That's a respect situation. Right. How did you find out about the weed, first of all? And yeah, how did you find out? That's what I wanna know. Did he call you and tell you? <laughs> he, he denies it till the day he dies, but you know, that's fine. I have people who can vouch for what happened. Um, so, Obviously, I have Wusa, you know, which is a company I own 100% of. I designed it. I created the products. I did everything. Then I went into farming. I have a, a partner, and my partner and I decided we're going to start farming hemp. And we got involved with these very large people. And so we have now three states which yeah. were mass-producing, yeah, hemp. Wow. So it's a huge um, situation. So. Um, at one point I was looking for a source of cash, quick cash to get into this and, you know, get, get, get it going. And I sort of talked to Sherbin and I told him what I was doing. I told him, um, concepts. I wasn't very detailed with him on the names of the people or whatnot. I just told him, this is what it is. He's like, Oh, let me try to middleman for you and see if I can get you an investor. He sat in on that. They're looking at the projections and they're like, Sherbin's negative Nancy. Like, no, that's not real looking. I don't think that's possible. Yada, yada. About two weeks later, I get a phone call from a friend in Sydney, Australia. And he's saying, oh, I didn't know that Sherbin was uh, doing the same stuff as you. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he hit me up uh, looking for this investment deal saying he wants to start farming and my heart just it, it was like okay this guy must be misinformed maybe he's not saying something right but the number he told me was the exact number that I was looking for and I messaged him immediately and I said you know I hope you're not doing this um and whatnot he goes his response was I thought you said this business is set why do you care Wait, first of all, you got the tea internationally. That was across oceans. Sydney, Australia. And came back okay. to you. God is good. God is good with the tea. Then he had the nerve to say, dismiss it. Like it was no big deal. Like it was no big deal. He's like, oh, I thought you said it was set. Why do you care if I was getting into it or not? Were you filming at this point? No, we weren't filming. We weren't. This is way before we started filming this season. and. When I saw that reaction, my relationship with Sherman had started to get a little rocky because I also found out one day that he was in his apartment with my ex-husband in his apartment trying to do a business deal with Sean. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yes, 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 Justin. Yes. <laughs> yes, bring that bottle. Okay, drink for me. <sighs> Cannot drink right now. Hey. Sip it. Sip it because I'm giving you the tea. Okay. How did you find that out? And how is Shervin still alive? <laughs> We're talking about the man who held the divorce over your head for multiple years, would not let you get out of it, strung you along, wasted money on court and mediation and all this bullshit. Shervin knows that you have been through. He has watched you go through this as a friend and also as a fan, watch yeah. these episodes. So 
How the hell did you find that out? I I was livid. I went a few months without talking to him. We met up after that, and he apologized completely and said, yeah, he should have told me, but, you know, it was business as business, and they were just trying to make money together. Yes. <laughs> See, here's the thing about Sherman, and I, I part of me will always have him in my heart because we were blood brother and sister. Yes. But I have seen him do it to so many other people. So I just never thought he would do it to me. You weren't surprised. I I wasn't surprised. I just I was surprised he was doing it to me. But then I'm like, okay, well, wait. This is the first time I'm on the come up. And now I have the bigger business ideas. You know, before that, I mean, Sherman's a business guy. You know, he's involved yeah. in that type of stuff. So now this is the first time my idea is pretty, pretty big. Yeah. I didn't even argue with him. I didn't fight with him. I didn't have any, you know, back and forth texting anymore. I just said that was it. Was it weird running into him with, because I know people don't understand that sometimes, like, when you run into somebody on the street, you can keep it cool. But when you're in a big group of people, multiple people know what's going on. You add cameras, you add lights, the audio guys there. Things just get heated really quickly. Did you guys have that come to Jesus moment in that in this season? It happened in the first episode. And it literally, because it did happen before a filming, and I wasn't talking to any of my castmates because I didn't end last season or the reunion on a good foot with any of them. You know, because they were trying to ambush me with my ex-husband. Everybody wants to come for me to get me to pop off, you know, so they can get a yeah. little bit, of, you know, a couple minutes of, you know, some of their attention. They know. Let's they call know. It. So I didn't leave off on a good foot. So when I did roll up to Russ's house and I saw him there, it was it was just like, oh my God, I don't even know how to be normal right now in front of Sherman. I have so much you know, anger and sadness in my heart for a guy who I thought is my brother and yeah. is going to you know, do all that. And I was sitting here on this, you know, Shaw's a sunset hanging out with my friends that didn't want him around, but I kept bringing him around for years. Yeah. Okay. Damn. This is everything. <laughs> This, look, I want everyone to do a sip when they're eight and a half months pregnant because y'all like, oh, tea? Oh, here's the tea. Let me give you the tea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me tell you exactly what mother happened. Okay, it did. It is what it is. And, and, and I hope that maybe one day that we can be okay again. You know, I would have to hear him take accountability for this, which he still has not been able to take accountability for it. He says that he was not trying to get involved in the business. Um, he was trying to do something else that was similar, but it's just when you know, you know, and you just don't even want to argue. It was like, I don't even want to fight with you. Just when you get to that point where you can take accountability, maybe we can just move on. And by the way, this is what I say. I see you. Yeah. And I know you. And yeah. we're good. But exactly. I see you. And I get you now. Exactly. And that's all you got to do. Um, Mercedes? Honey, I knew this question was coming. Woo, child! Mercedes, 
Oh, Justin, Justin, Justin. Now, I've been following this story for a very long time, and I'm going to get MJ on this show to tell her side of the story, and I'm going to get Reza on this show to tell his side of the story, but I know there's legal proceedings, and there's crazy You have been in this group since day one. Yep. How did this get so out of control? Look, look. Um... Well, for me, it's been out of control with that particular individual, MJ, whatever you call her, from season two. I mean, we have not gotten along great, you know, for years. It's just been roller coaster. And the thing is, the only difference is that you almost like imagine like a me and like a Sheridan thing where. I've seen Sherman do to other people. I just never thought it would come for me. It's always been Reza and MJ going for people. And now, you know, MJ turned it on Reza. You know, so it's like, almost like, okay, well, didn't you see it coming? You know, she's gone through the list of people. It was just bound to be you next. You know, so, you know, and, and, and I... I talk with Reza on the daily and, and he knows how I feel about the situation. And I think that now that he's on the tail end of, of her damage, he probably, you know, empathizes with what I went through a little bit more. But don't you feel like they kind of egged it on when you guys were going through it? They were like, kind of, sort of like gassing it up a little bit. Who was gassing it up? Like, I feel like the other cast members, were kind of like it was drama. They were reeling in it. They were like, you know, like turning you guys both on when you guys were going through it. Don't you feel that way? I mean, uh, like in other seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I call them leeches. You know, um, we have one major leech this season, which um, is like the wannabe version of the group now. Say the name. And, and he's he'll be done very soon. First of all, um, but that little coattail and riding leech is the main one really trying to make himself significant by going and riding around on this story that's happening right now. Other seasons, I think it. see, I see the way Reza is. And when he's upset, he vents to people and he wants to get his emotions out and he wants them to understand and be on his side. Yes. And MJ is the same. Now, we have two Leos that are very, you know, significantly powerful in their own minds. Yes. So they want the world to be their soldiers. So when someone isn't, it's like, oh, hell breaks loose. Now, people have opinions about what MJ is doing, what Rez is doing. So, you know, it's just, it's the first time that those two are against each other. It's always been them and the cast against Golmesa. Everybody's always been against me season after season after season. I'm sitting here fighting them. You know, yeah. so it's, it's, damn, it's kind of refreshing that it's not on me for the first time. You're like, a bitch got a break. <sighs> a break to breathe, man. Like, did all I have to do is get pregnant? That's all I, I had to do? <laughs> I would have used my uterus a long time ago. It's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. I have seen you and Mercedes come back I never in my life thought y'all could come back from. In your professional opinion, since you have experienced with both of them fighting, making up, breaking up, 
do you think these two will ever be able to patch that up again? Yes. You know, reality TV can sometimes feel like a game, almost. Like, you almost get caught up in the game a bit. Do you feel like the longer you're on a reality show, the less in tune to reality you actually are? Or do you find that some of the newer people coming in are playing the game? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see so many uh, reality shows. I watch every reality show known to mankind, every network, you name it, I watch it. And I've always been this way. So I see those, those shows that the cast is so powerful that a new person coming in, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. really hard, you know, and they feel like they have to do extra in order to gain that, you know, recognition in that spot. So, like that's me. you know, it's, it is tough. I think it's very, very hard to be that new person coming into a group of us, Shaws, that, <laughs> you know, now always been very welcoming of people. The funny thing is the one person here that everyone always talks about, I'm the mean one, I'm the this one and that one. I'm the only one who's actually friends with all the people who were ever on the show. You know, the ones that they yeah. claimed were their friends and they kicked off and then beat off and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just a jealousy. And I think that being on reality TV, you always think that you're disposable and you'll be replaced by, you know, a bigger character because at the end of the day, there's people who are dying to be on TV. By the way, isn't it so nice, like, when all the people who, you know, look down upon you and, like, we're like, ooh, they're doing that show first season are not clamoring to get on the show now? Yes, absolutely. That's, like, the best. Ooh, that would feel so good. Justin, they were at City Hall protesting against our show, saying that, you know, they can't show. Now those are the same people talking about... Yeah, they wanted me to be on the show, but I said no. I everybody, everybody. What? I'm like, go sit your ass down. Okay. The difference between us and the housewives or the Vanderpumps, these are people who have been brought together because of work or being a housewife or having that thing in common. We are actually a group of friends. That's, that's the scariest part for that's any person on a show. Like, I feel like... Out of every show out there, your cast is the hardest to join. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all strong, and y'all yeah. got more history than the goddamn Bible. I'm like, is this like the Old Testament here? Because y'all be calling out from season one before the show started. Yeah. It, do you feel sympathy for the people who join, kind of come into the group that try to insert themselves, and you're like, you're never going to get it? Yeah, and you know, for me, I've never been intimidated by these new people who come in. The new people who come in, I look at it like, okay, this, this can help us, our, our group, you know, this expands uh, the versatility amongst us. I mean, as a viewer of other reality shows, I would get tired of watching the same exact people with the same exact drama for 10 years. Like, yeah. you need these other friends to be invited in to change it up a little bit, see a difference in opinions. You know, I love... Honestly, Sarah, the, the new girl, you see her coming in and you see her, she has a bit of a personality to herself as well. She's a girl from Indiana, not raised in LA. So she's got her own ways about her. She says what she wants. She has her opinions on things, but I like it because it's like, we need these friends to join in and not be thrown the hell out. Like, 
MJ has loved to do. She's very intimidated by other women. So anytime a new female cast comes in, she just wants to sort of out them. Yeah. Oh, if a gay man walks into E, I'm like, what the f are you doing here? Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I just, I'm refilling the snacks. I'm like, get the f out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Literally, I'm like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I truly want to say this to you. I am beyond happy for you. Thank you, Justin. I am beyond inspired by you because I may someday be a single dad and I will be proud of it. And I'm just so happy that, you know, a lot of times celebrities come on our show and they say they're going to do and they never do it. And I'm so happy that you didn't let anyone get in your ear or second guess or talk you out of doing what makes you happy. And when that child looks at you, he won't wonder why he doesn't have a father. He will just wonder why he has a boss as mama. Okay. I'm too hormonal for these words right now. So know, that. know that. I love you. I, I honestly, I am so proud of you. I love you. Anytime for Justin, anytime. White lady, Vanessa. Yes. Would you ever have another baby? Uh, that's it. That ship has sailed for me, but if I could, yes, I would. Why, bitch? Science is good. <laughs> I know. Science I'm so is good, I'm so girl. <laughs> it's hard, man, especially now. Uh, I can only imagine what she is going through, getting ready to have a baby in this environment. It's terrifying. You know what? For Gigi... This has been a difficult process for her with everything that went down, the miscarriages with doing this alone. So for her, it's just another hard step in the right direction. So I'm not that concerned about her for some reason. Yeah, she's pretty strong. Obviously, she seems like if anyone can handle it, she can. And she has... Like you said in the you said that she you didn't you weren't worried about her child being worried about not having a dad because he's gonna just be so proud that he has a badass mother. And I fully agree with that. I had one boss bitch growing up. I had one <laughs> boss bitch. I didn't have a dad. Like I had him, yeah. but he was going yeah. through his own thing a mile away, you know, at my grandparents' house. And I understood that. I understood it. I never questioned it because I kind of had a bad bitch raising me for a hot minute yeah. um, who then let me fly at 15 and let me figure out my own life and my own, you know, how I was going to live my life. And she did that because she knew she prepared me for that in the 14 years that she had me before that. And you never really wonder like, yeah, when you're a kid, you question it, but like you never wonder. The definition of a parent is changing too, right? In a good way, in a positive way. You can have two moms, you can have two dads, you can have one mom, you can have one dad. You know what I mean? I think all that matters is that you have a loving, doting parent who takes care of you because one incredible parent is better than two parents. Oh, 100%. And you know? two parents can make a situation yeah, like for I sure. knew people who grew up in a household where their parents had the money, they had the resources, but their parents fought all the time and their lives to me were better because they had two parents. But now being an adult, looking back into that situation, I see the hostility and the toxicity that that person has followed through with from their childhood. And yeah, we didn't have the money and we didn't have two parents, but my sister is a successful pharmacist. I'm chilling here on TV. Yeah. We both went to college. We both kind of figured it out. And Talks I think with was, parents can do more damage for sure. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter if there's money or not. 
sometimes the money makes it worse. Yeah, for that's for sure too. I agree with that. Back to Gigi because we went on a tangent, but she really gave you a lot of tea. This was a, you were coming out of your chair. You were pouring yourself some wine. Because this is what I already know from working with the yeah. pregnant woman. You don't have to ask for. You, they'll tell you. Everything. They will give it to you. <laughs> yes, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Gigi. This has been kind of like an amazing journey from when Just a Sip, you know, first started. And I'm just so happy that I had her on this episode and we got like a full scope of what people are up to and what they're doing. And I'm just so happy that we could bring you that happy news. And if you didn't listen to the first episode of Gigi, I suggest that you go listen to the first ever episode of Just a Sip. It was an amazing, amazing conversation. You will understand so much that we talked about in this second one. And go back and listen to all the Just a Sips. I mean, they are good right now during this quarantine. Don't forget to follow me at The Lady Sitter on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this thing. And tell your friends about Just a Sip. So goodbye, guys, and I'll see you later.